This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to, to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings, wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. History, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. <laughs> I'm James Wyatt Scott. I am Drake Cummings. I am Devin Mueller. And this is Film History, the, the history, history of Film. film. On this episode, I'm bringing you another movie with hot cars, hot rock and roll, hot sex, baby. Rev up your engines for the OG Fast and Furious, in my opinion. And this family is in the business of stealing cars, my friend. As the poster says, when he goes to work, the excitement starts and goes and goes and goes. See 93 cars destroyed in the most incredible car chase ever filmed. You can lock your car, but if he wants it, it's gone in 60 seconds, baby. Oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, whoa. That's okay. one of the things I was thinking. We were talking about Nicolas Cage, and I was thinking, so this one that I'm going to do for you today, though, I, I know everyone's thinking the same thing. Like, oh, you know, the, the Nicolas Cage movie in 2000 when Angelina Jolie was at her hottest, you mm-hmm. know. But what if I were to tell you that the 2000 version was a remake of a movie that was made in 1974 that made comparably... More money, maybe, than Whoa. the newer one. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. yeah. So, God Save Sex was made in the 70s? 74? Yeah, 1974, uh, starring Eleanor, as it says in the credits. Roosevelt? <laughs> Eleanor the car, man. Did oh. you see? Let's, hold on, Drake, have you seen the new one with Nicolas Cage? I, at some point in my life okay. when I was younger, it was on a television that I was in front of. Right. But have I seen it? Do I have a recollection of this movie? No. The new one's great, man. Okay. Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, Giovanni Ribisi, great cast, and it's just like hot people stealing cars and Nicolas Cage being just as weird as always. <laughs> Drake, if you don't remember, uh, right before the crew, the whole gang, the gaggle of car thieves are uh, about to go on their first mission to go start robbing cars and stuff, uh, Nick Cage puts on uh, War's Lowrider as like yeah. a pump-up soundtrack for them. So they all stand around and they're just like grooving to Lowrider. <laughs> and in the middle of the song, 
Nick Cage just like puts his hands up and just does a shake move and then like fucking like an goes with his leather jacket. Yeah, like very Elvis. He absolutely came up with it on his own. Like there's no doubt about oh, it. You God. know? Yeah, man. And it's just it's also Angelina Jolie being like weird as hell too. It was like two of the weirdest actors that they put together to do the remake of this 1974 film. It's amazing though. Like Gone in 60 Seconds is definitely worth the watch. Anyone out there is uh listening and would like to explore the rabbit hole that is Nick Cage. Um, I highly recommend, we've talked about this before, but uh, there's a YouTube channel called In Praise of Shadows. And it does breakdowns of a lot of like movies and, and culture things and comics over the past you know decades. But there's a three hour exploration of Nicolas Cage's career called oh In Defense God. of Nicolas Cage. And it is amazing. You, yeah. Whatever your preconceptions of Nick Cage are right now, and whether you think he's good or bad or whatever, you will come out of just watch like a portion of that video. You don't even need to watch the whole thing. You'll yeah. see just how wide and crazy and ridiculous his career has been and the way he acts and how he approaches his, you know, this process and this um, lifestyle and stuff. So uh, I highly recommend that. And also uh, everyone out there should go watch pig uh, yeah, Oscar sure. nominated uh, hungry bull productions. Shout out to hungry bull. That's uh that's the fam based here in uh, yep. Tampa, Florida. So, um, yeah, they, they, Nick Cage stars in it. So, phenomenal movie. Uh, it's a love letter to fine dining, and it takes place in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, it's it will surprise you at every turn. So yeah, yeah. Out. We're definitely building up here to the big Nicolas Cage episode. Uh -huh. Don't worry. Uh, it's just, it's going to be a big one. I mean, what it's a career. Harder. I thought what more Nicolas Cage moved to do today uh, than to, like, talk about a movie that you know that he was in but I'll talk about the original version instead. You know what I mean? Man, when I first moved out here, uh, we were all about the six degrees of Nicolas Cage. And they had a website that you could go on and you could type in your name and it would tell you if you had been in any movies, it would read your IMDb and it would tell you your six degrees of Nicolas Cage. Like, you were in a movie with this person who was in a movie with this person who was in a movie with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you know, and we were all like trying to get to where. We were like the second degree of Nicolas Cage. That meant like you were really doing some shit, you know. <laughs> and I finally got that shit. My friend Chris Zilka was in a movie with Nicolas Cage, and I was in something with him, so I finally got my shit. <laughs> you can cut that whole thing. That's just some personal minutiae. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was a remake of what I'm going to tell you about today, because this film was made in 1974, Gone in 60 Seconds, starring, written in, and directed by a man named H.B. Halicki the 70s and this movie even over bullet has the longest car chase in film history oh wow 40 minutes uh, what? of the 97 minutes of the film what are a car chase what and they wreck 93 moved cars on screen that's just what you see wow you don't see the other ones that get wrecked and the whole the whole intro that i did was the poster i i love I love uh, when he goes to work, the excitement starts and goes and goes and goes. It, this That's movie, way too long for a poster. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a horny movie, man. It's what? a very horny movie. This was a 70s movie, like, in the vein of, like, The Room, but with cars. Like, the dialogue. Like I said, it was a horny movie. Wait, like, The Room by, like, Tommy Wiseau? Yes. It, it's, the dialogue is 
so bad. Uh, there was no script. They would just show up to set and basically like fucking come up with the script when they showed up type of shit. Um, and it's basically, I, I say, it's kind of like a porn where even there's a, even a bunch of like porn puns in this thing, but instead of sex scenes, you just get car scenes. So you get bad dialogue, whatever story, and then some of the greatest car shit you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Fascinating. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like like there's a guy in this movie named Bush Doctor. There's like all this like sexual innuendo, and it's just cars ramping over shit, and and they kind of homage to that with Randall Memphis Reigns in the new one. That's Nicolas Cage's character. It was always some sort of entendre. Angelina had blonde dreads. Yeah, she did. Does does it does it make sense that this that the Nicolas Cage one is a is a remake or like a, does it could it have just been a different movie for different altogether? No, uh, it was. No, nah, I don't think it works like that with the same no, time. And I'll get into it. I'll get okay. into there. There was a reason why it was just like yeah, but I'll, I'll get okay. into it. But but look, in the 2000 version, Randall Memphis Reigns is cool. Don't get me wrong. But in my opinion, he doesn't hold a candle to the guy who created this whole franchise. I'm going to tell you all about this guy today. Uh, let's just say Nicolas Cage was not in the car for all the stunts. This guy in the 1974 <laughs> version was in the car for the entire movie. That's he, was, cool. he did all of his own shit. The man, the myth, the legend, the bringer of excitement that goes and goes and goes, known as the car crash king, H.B. Toby Halicki. And also his wife, Denise Halicki, as well. And uh, I think Caitlyn Jenner is the car crash queen, by the way. HB made this movie that I'm going to be telling you about today for 150 grand of his own money. He raised it all himself. And when you run that through the old inflation calculator, that's the equivalent of about eight hundred fifty thousand dollars these days. Wow! And um, still, that's that's you know that's that's a modest budget. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I, and I'll I'll tell you a little bit about HB here. HB Halicki. He was born in Dunkirk, New York, on October eighteenth, nineteen forty. The son of John Halicki and his second wife Angelina. Blazewicz. Father was originally from Austria. Not Polish. So his mom was Polish. His father's Austrian. And he was an auto mechanic and automobile salesman. And they owned this repair shop, Halicki Garage. It was started in 1919. Whoa. And it's still open today. Wow. They still do shit. They're like this car family for over 100 years. Whoa. Yeah. They're like made of cars. Like, <laughs> they're like Dom Toretto in real life. That's like when cars were invented, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> They've been in cars since they were invented, dude. I'm pretty sure H.B. Halicki was born in a car. You know, there's no doubt about definitely it. conceived in one yeah yeah uh, definitely speaking yeah. of he was one of 13 kids holy shit and, you know we just have that thing where we're always talking about these guys with like the fucking 10 brothers and sisters who go on to do some shit because they're just like i'm getting the fuck out of this house yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And i'm gonna go do something else and that was i mean that was every human it, it, at a certain time just yeah. had like an ungodly amount of brothers and sisters yeah because uh, you didn't know which ones were gonna die young so you had to like make sure you had a diverse group of options yeah also contraceptives weren't a big thing back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So HB, when he gets in his teenage years, he moves from New York to California. He's kind of like doing a mechanic, you know, thing mm -hmm. around California all over the place. 
But he eventually he starts his own company. It's his own impound and towing business, HB Halicki Mercantile Co. and Junkyard. And that name, he would pay for movies from that company. And so that would be the production company. It would be it would be HB Halicki Mercantile Co. Like production <laughs> <laughs> and junkyard. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. He had like a huge antique automobile collection. And that's kind of where he got his start out here in LA. He was this guy who would sell classic cars to celebrities and he kind of started running around with like some of the bigger names in town because he was like you know, like it, nowadays he would have run around to like Jay Leno. I'm sure mm-hmm. maybe he probably did. Yeah. I'm just imagining Jay Leno sitting there like, ah, you want to drive a car? <laughs> you want a car? <laughs> wow. Have you heard about this I thing? Know about cars. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, HB is just this rad car guy. And uh, there's not like a ton of info on the guy, you know, because he was just kind of like a... he wasn't really... He was an actor or director yeah, or anything. He yeah. was just... He was a car salesman. He was a car salesman, basically. Interesting. And he married Denise. Um, so his wife, Denise, was third cousins with Robert Kardashian, actually. Whoa. Yeah. So this guy was like a Kardashian in the 70s. Whoa. It was like the classic car... Kardashian. That's a Kardashian, dude. Kardashian. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. In the seventies. <laughs> In the seventies, yeah, exactly. Robert hadn't quite made all... his career yet. Ugh. He had. Right. He, did, he didn't have OJ, OJ killing people yet. His daughter's <laughs> fuck tape. It was everything. <laughs> but he was like, you know, in the original Kardashian clan. By the way, I'll get into it a little bit later. But Denise, after HB died, she actually married her third cousin, Robert Kardashian. Or Whoa. no, they just dated. I'm sorry, they didn't get married. They just fucked. Whoa. But uh, <laughs> we were talking about cousin fucking, you know, on yeah. the Patreon episode. If you want to go uh, listen to that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> dude, Got, Toby, guys and gals listening, our Patreon. It's real weird. Just to let you know. So if you, <laughs> oh, if you man. like, if you like weird and ridiculous, you should definitely check that out. But be Our warned, it's nothing like this. <laughs> yeah. Let's just nothing. say there's a lot of outtakes and tangents that we cut because they have no business being in these episodes. How many? How many? How many episodes would you say we had right now? Like hour each. Oh, we probably each? have like ten episodes. Uh, twenty. Twenty episodes. I think there's probably twenty hours of wow, outtakes at this yeah, point. That's yeah. how much. That's how much you guys don't hear. That's <laughs> how much you will hear if you can pay us. However much we decide, I don't know. Yeah, we it's kind of not all. really in, in existence yeah, yet, we'll but like <laughs> by the time you decide to buy in, it yeah, will exist. Yeah, we're, yeah. Getting your, we're getting you lubed up first. <laughs> then we're gonna hit you with the bill. We're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're doing. <laughs> We're doing great, guys. <laughs> Toby, he earned the nickname, the Car Crash King, man. Like, that's one of the things he would become famous for was not only this, like, car guy from a car family, you know, oil runs in this man's blood, you know, but he also would get famous for crashing fucking cars on screen that, like, would rival stunt people, you Whoa. know, and it was just him in an old car. Just so wait, he started. Up. He started getting hired for like stunt work and stuff. No, he would just make his own shit. Oh, he was the type of guy who never worked for anyone. Oh, like this man okay. made his own, and uh, I, I don't even know. I, I won't even tell you how much money the 1974 one made yet because mm-hmm. I, I want to like yeah. hold you out until the end. Okay, cool. Because it is phenomenal what this man did. So, um. So he moved out to LA because he wanted to like start making his own like car movies and stuff. Right. And there wasn't really a market for that in New York. Was that kind of it? 
Yeah, there wasn't really a market for it, and also the things that he was doing. The car culture in Los Angeles was huge mm. at the time. Um, in the 70s, it's funny, they mention it in the movie. He says at one point, there's over 2 million cars in L.A., and that sounds low, but even right now, as of today, there are 2.5 registered vehicles in Los Angeles. Wow. So that was in the 70s. Yeah. They had as many cars as we do now, and they were all, like, muscle cars. And yeah. this was the time where you were cruising on Ventura Boulevard yeah. and San Fernando and all that, and then you'd cruise on Sunset, yeah. and it would be yeah. the coolest cars and the coolest, you know. Right. It was a right, real right. Yeah. car culture. Yeah. You know? So traffic was always bad is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Traffic <laughs> was always bad, and this man <laughs> took some of his cool cars and ran them as fast as they would go in traffic with no permits. Whoa. And that's what I'm going to get into Whoa. today. This man will make, like, high budget, or, you know, not high, but, like, Real, real car chase scenes in L.A., and the people around them were just like, what the fuck is what? going on? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> he was a madman. How did he not get arrested? I don't know. I don't know. Because he all... Because the fucking LAPD was dirty as shit. They were. <laughs> and he about? knew all of them. Oh. He, like, knew mayors. He knew LAPD. His his wife was the third cousin of Robert Kardashian. Like Dev said, it doesn't mean much yet, but it yeah. sort of <laughs> was starting to mean something. Whoa. You know? Like, they were connected, man. Like, there was uh, two mayors were in this movie of California. <laughs> the mayor of Carson's in this shit. Like, he was, like... Uh, he was the guy, Whoa, you know. <laughs> just, cool, just dude. Slamming cards in the light poles of L.A. and the cops are like, "We don't see anything. I, you know, just another day." <laughs> but I'm gonna take you into when are we? When are we? <laughs> I'm getting used to it. Cool. 1974. Richard Nixon becomes the first U.S. president forced to resign after the Watergate scandal. This is the year of the much-anticipated boxing match between George Foreman and Muhammad Ali for Ali to regain his heavyweight title. It takes place in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Dude, this is when Ali Frazier, man. This is 74. This is before he was manufacturing grills? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This okay. Is <laughs> this is, or I mean, uh, yeah, Ali Foreman. Sorry, yeah, this is Ali Foreman, 1974. No, um, not George Foreman. Yeah. Or, yeah, that, yep, George same people? Foreman. Yeah, this is before the grills. Okay. Yeah, same guy. They changed the name from Ali to George? No, no, wait, wait, let's go back. Hold on. <laughs> this is the year of the much-anticipated <laughs> boxing match between George Foreman and Muhammad Ali for Ali to regain his heavyweight title in the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo. Ah, I see. Okay. Rumble in the jungle, baby. That's what they called it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephen King, at the time, he was 26 years old. He published Carrie in, during this year. Uh, the Sears Tower in Chicago becomes the world's tallest building. The global recession deepens. Gasoline shortages and price increases throughout the world help to cause problems in most of the Western world's economies. So that's one thing that we are going to get into, or just right now. This was during the big gasoline shortage in the 70s. Uh, there was a lot of reasons why. It was very complicated, but the price was, you know, for them at the time, it was going through the roof. There's shortages. And, uh, Dev, I'm sure you've heard all about this. The nation of America at the time lowered the, the speed limit all over the country to 55 miles an hour. The entire country. It was you could go no faster than fifty-five. What? All highways, all freeways, all Why interstates. Is this? What, to what end? To save gas. 
they were trying to get people to save gas because we were in a shortage. Wait, wait, wait. So if you, oh, is 55 like the optimal like yeah. gas expenditure yeah. speed or that's whatever? That's what the 70s scientists said. <laughs> that's, that's, what Fauci said. That's, what the, that's what the scientific egghead said in the 70s. <laughs> well, the nerd. That's what those nerd boys are saying. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it just depends on. It was the '70s, so it's like what those cars were capable of even doing. There's Listen, no computer chips in any of these. Cars. Oh, they were capable. Uh, they I were don't know. mighty capable. I don't know what them science boys over <laughs> Washington D.C. want to say, but if I can get from point A to point B faster, I'm, Damn using, right. I'm using less gas. My Chevy Nova only knows 100 miles an hour. Look, I'm only. It, it, it takes me half the time, so it takes me half the gas. Yeah, I didn't buy a damn 420 <clears throat> cubic inch V8. To go 55 miles an hour. Yeah, I, that's why I'm burning gas for a whole hour instead of 30 <laughs> minutes. You tell me how that checks out, Mr. Math Man. The boomers and our parents got so traumatized from this gas shortage that they grew older, had kids, and went and invaded two Middle Eastern companies <laughs> and sent their own children over there to fight and go take their oil. I want to <laughs> drive my Nova. You better go shoot them up. Yeah. You can't let that gas shortage happen again, all right? If we don't do this more, we're going to have to drive 55 miles an hour again. I will not let that happen, son. Oh, <laughs> not in this we country. Gonna only, we were just going to only have, you know, one kid, but, you know, that kid got to go over to fight. So yeah, we got to send one. Got to go get my gas. We got to send one to get my gas, boy. <laughs> I need my Camaro running. And, dude, this was, unfortunately, this also came about, like, right after the huge muscle car explosion. There was, like, this giant muscle car movement happening in America and especially like cities like LA, you know, mm-hmm. like real car culture. And then 74 comes along and they're like, you can't drive faster than 55. <laughs> uh, Sammy Hagar even wrote that song. Have you, I can't drive 55. Have you heard that? No. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. It was an old Sammy Hagar song called I can't drive 55 because he got pulled over in New York, uh, the state of New York somewhere for driving 62 miles an hour on a road with 55, you know, he's doing 62 in a in a nationwide 55 now. <laughs> nationwide, 55. <laughs> nationwide 55. Uh, and it was yeah, and he he wrote the song to protest the national maximum speed limit law enacted in 1974. Was yeah, that, wait, what, was what he, president did that? Was Sammy Hagar? No, what president did that? Oh, what president? <laughs> that was I. Oh shit! That's Who's the question. president? Who's the president? Byron. Byron. Uh, was, Carter, I think. Nixon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh no! It was. Say- oh, it was Gerald Ford. It was Gerald oh, Ford. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck the- is the irony behind that? <laughs> the guy's name Ford. The car man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he also had a hundred years. Of- when we have a gas crisis, I smell conspiracy. Where is Q? Your people are the reason we have this gas prices, Gerald. Wait, was he from the Ford family? No, no. I hope so, because it will sound really smart just now. But if not, we just. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the year this movie comes out. I think I put you on a when are we. The speed limit law just passed. Uh, we have all these, these great cars out here that we can't push to the fucking limits anymore. So HB Halicki <laughs> is going to push them to the limits for you. You know what I mean? You can, go, you can go to the theater and scream at the screen while he pushes that car <laughs> to the limits, baby. <laughs> like, it, no wonder, it made 
So much money, dude. Did they go around and actually change the speed limit signs to 55? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Did they just forget to change some back after this whole thing went away? Like, Maybe. is that why speed limits are so low now? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Because, like, big... I, I feel like speed limits in a lot of places could be a lot higher than what they yeah, are. Like, 45 miles an hour is crazy. Yeah. I see 55 on the highway all the time. I'm like, why is this 55? It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Dev, do you know? Yeah, I mean, it's physics. It, to stop a car going 55 is a lot easier than to stop a car going 75 or 80. And if you want to kill less people in an accident, it's probably better to go slower when you have four lanes and a bunch of people who don't know how to yeah. fucking drive during rush hour. Yeah, maybe Vince Neal should have known about the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. You know, maybe there's... <laughs> is that I mean, no, he... but it was right before it. <laughs> That's why. That's did, the real uh, reason they changed it. They're yeah. like, we can't have any more Vince I... Neal crashes. <laughs> Did uh, I feel like this was also the time when uh, what's his face in New York? Did he say how much that ticket was for? No, I didn't see. Yeah, here I'll look it up. Sammy Hagar ticket. I'm sure it's out there. That song was huge. Because if the ticket was like two dollars, yeah, you I know bet what it was. I mean. Like it, it nobody's just was. everyone's just gonna. It's like we suggest you drive right under 55. Oh wow. No, he said Hagar claims it cost him $5800 to fix that ticket. Holy shit. Yeah, back in the 70s. Damn. Wait, wait. He must see. have done something else. That's no way. There's no, no way that think, a fucking yeah. speeding ticket was that much. No. I don't think so. Look, either. see, me... New York sucked then, and it still sucks now. Yeah, maybe he's talking about <laughs> fixing it, so maybe that's what he's. Let me see. Yeah, he's th- fixing it is a, a layman's term for bribery. You just <laughs> exactly. Bribe yeah, it's like just pay fucking... the damn ticket. You spent so much fucking money trying to fix it. I don't want this on my record. I don't want it. On my... I'm a rock star. I need a clean driving record. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you a little bit about the plot of this movie. The IMDb description of this is, and follow along, insurance investigator Mandrian Pace is his name, and his team lead double lives as unstoppable car thieves. When a South American drug lord pays Pace to steal 48 cars for him, all but one, a 1973 Ford Mustang are in the bag. As Pace prepares to rip off the fastback, codenamed Eleanor, in Long Beach, he is unaware that his boss has tipped off the police after a business dispute. Detectives are waiting and pursue Pace through five cities as he desperately tries to get away. So, so <laughs> it was a lot of plot that wasn't really executed very well. Um, Dude. I don't remember anything about that when I watched this movie, and I probably saw this maybe less than ten years ago. Yeah, you know? the original, the and OG. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And the, it never. The plot seems to always escape me. I never yeah. know what's going on. It's like it's never. I do remember that like the main car chase in it is like half an hour long. Yeah, or some shit. Yeah, it's so long. Forty like, minutes. It's longer than really? bullet. That's longer than bullet. <laughs> Yeah. I knew it was longer bullet. It felt like, and it's not like with a lot of cutaways either. It's like a lot of just like crash, turn, drive, yeah. crash, <laughs> turn, drive, <laughs> crash, crash, turn. Is it, is it turn, crash, that long? Drive. Exciting to watch? Or at some it point, cool. you just kind of get like, when, when are we wrapping this up? No, it was good because the way he did it was like he was, he was always just about to get caught. And then it was like, what? This is it. This is over, you know? And then he'd be like, <laughs> 
and just like skid out of there and you'd be like oh he made it out you he, know, did it like, again. he did it again how did he do it yeah. it was great man and like I said this is it's very the, Dukes of Hazard-ish it was truthfully. it was mm. he done gotten away again the same era too right yeah same era uh, on TV some, during that time some of the same cars yeah man there were definitely a lot of chargers running around no Confederate flags in this one. He was Polish. <laughs> good, so. good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Improvement. And Los Angeles. <laughs> and, know. yeah, um. New York, L.A. guy. Yeah, no Confederate flags. A uh, uh, lot of uh, Polak racism, though. They kept they, they called a lot of people Polaks in this movie. I've never heard of that slur. That is a racist term. I feel like I can say it on the podcast because it's white people, okay. but uh, that's a racist <laughs> term for Polish people. Okay. Yeah. And Interesting. There's, there's a lot of people in this movie calling each other that, so. Okay. <laughs> you know, just remember, like I said, this was a movie that they wouldn't there was no script basically like this man was just going around shooting shit and raising money as he went he he would work at the garage his like career in the mm-hmm. in the garage selling antique cars fixing them up and shit and he would use some of that money from the garage and money that he was raising on the side to make this movie as he went well so, like, okay so shoot a little bit of it and yeah. then be like okay I'll shoot the next bit when I got some money yeah Exactly. Yeah. He bought 48 cars for this movie. Wow. And vans and... Well, no, he bought... The 48 cars were just the ones he stole. He probably bought like 100 cars for this thing. Wow. And he would basically just like... Throughout the 70s, he would buy all the shit that he needs for the movie and just store them in like different lots that he had rented and shit. You know? It was pretty. It was a pretty Whoa. genius way to make a movie in a way. How you know? long did it take him to shoot the whole thing? I'd say it was from 1971 was when he started it, and he finally shot it in 1974. So it wasn't oh, wow. that long. I mean, he was a he was a working dude. Yeah. he wasn't fucking around, you know. And uh, of course, he also stars in the movie. He is Mandrian Pace, is his <laughs> name. <laughs> was this the first movie he had filmed, or he had yeah. already been doing these independent? Things? This was the no. first one, and okay. this led to a lot more. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. He, this became like his thing. Okay, you know, and he did it well. He did yeah. it well, man. And uh, yeah, he started himself. The beginning, just to let you know how unscripted this thing is, they were headed to go do a shot somewhere, and. He heard on the radio that a, that a train in L.A. had just derailed. It just, like, fell off the tracks. It wasn't, like, anything too catastrophic. It was just yeah. a little accident. But he heard about it, rerouted all the shit to go film a scene in front of the derailed train. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the beginning cool. of the movie is him at this derailed train, and he's supposed to be, like, an insurance guy, yeah. you know? I thought you were going to say he, like, rerouted everyone so they could do, like, a scene where they're driving on the tracks because there's no more trains. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> this man would have done it. Uh, maybe in one of his movies. Who knows? He probably did, man. How, he, how, what are the mechanics of that? That's a complicated reroute, because it's not like he can just text or call. Like, you got to, like, find a nearest payphone and then... <laughs> You just put your arm out the window, do the old spin your finger in the air. A little lasso. But also, you know, I mean, I say... And they the, had radios, the, you guys. That's true. Fucking, that's true. Like walkie-talkies? Yeah, yeah man. Like walkie-talkies, but they also all... Most, I bet you, those cars had CB radios. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. There's production okay. cars. Yeah. Cool. That's how kind of like fly by the seat of their pants they were shooting this thing. Cool. You know, but yeah, you got the derailed train and... 
voila, you got a beginning of the movie. Free production value, baby. That's what we're doing here, you know? And it, it works. It looks really cool. It's a real derailed train, so it's like, it looks great, you know? <laughs> the audience is going to be like, did they actually derail a train for this piece of shit? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I mean, look, not that you can prove, all right? You know, not that not, nothing you can prove. Like I said, he knew a lot of mayors, and Robert Kardashian was his cousin-in-law, so who knows? <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> we just find out that he's like glass from uh, <laughs> the Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson thing. Oh yeah, oh man, I gotta watch that again. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch. I, oh, I never seen Glass. I saw, I've seen uh, Unbreakable, and then I saw Split. Yeah. I haven't seen Glass yeah, yet. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. So then, Main Drain, Mon- Main Drain. I don't know how. To, Main Drain. He heads to the. You want to take that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old Main Drain. Old Main Drain. Main Drain. Heads the Mondrian, to his hot shot. The Mondrian, yeah, Mondrian over on Sunset. Yeah. <laughs> he heads to his chop shop, where we're introduced to his partner in crime, and apparently reader of Playgirl, as he mentions in this movie, which I thought was very progressive. His name is At Lee Jackson, just like the coolest '70s black guy ever, you know. And he explains that Mandrian's family started out as an insurance people, but uh, his dad has turned it into a car thief ring. <laughs> So, so what they'll do is they'll go out as insurance adjusters for a crashed car. And if the car is cool enough or, you know, could be expensive enough or whatever, they'll bring it into the shop. You know, it's all legit so far. I mean, they bring it into a shop. That's what they do. But then what they'll do is cut off the VIN number and shit, scrap the wrecked car, and go steal one that's just like it. And they'll cut off the VIN number and shit to that one paste the VIN number onto the new shiny nice one and just resell it and it's like I it was 70s like sure car politics wow. sure <laughs> hold on politics hold on there's some basic logic things I think we should explore in this <laughs> yeah, go ahead right go mm-hmm. ahead <laughs> first of all as a thief why not just scrap the car you stole why do you need to switch a VIN right or wait, like you, 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 you have the car. You could just steal a car. You're, you're scrapping it for parts, anyways. Why do you need to deal with insurance in somebody's actual car? You're stealing a car, anyways. Just go fucking scrap that one. It's nothing to do with the person who brought it in for the claim. First of all, dumb criminal thing. Second of all. My favorite part about this is how they actually make the insurance agents actual criminals, because they fucking are anyway. So. <laughs> that's where that's the most realistic part of the whole thing. Is insurance agents are criminals. <laughs> Mondrian Pace, now he's in like a badass speedboat, and he's out there in the next to Long Beach out in the water. And he's waiting for this seaplane that's coming in with a bunch of South American cartel guys. And depending on what scene you ask in this movie, they're either the Venezuelan government, the Argentinian government, or the Colombian cartel. Because they say all three of those things throughout the movie. <laughs> I think they forgot at, at a few points. <laughs> well, because there's no script. And there's so no script. They're yeah. like, who's the who's the villain again? I don't know. Argentine, Colombian, or yeah. whatever. Just say just say something bad and foreign. <laughs> I guess I guess HB wasn't watching the dailies. I guess he was like, I got cars to sail. You know, I, don't, I can't. I don't have time to to watch this shit. He doesn't back. remember. He no, was like, no. As long as they're criminals and foreign, I don't care. <laughs> well, and also 
there's so much like lead, gasoline, and fumes in the air oh, in yeah. L.A. at the time. Everybody's yeah. just like, you forget what you did yesterday, anyway. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't I, I got high yesterday. walking to walking to <laughs> this, this thing, and yeah. I haven't this done was, my cocaine yet. This was at a time in L.A. where like you couldn't see your hands in front of your face because it's of the a little smog. smog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was basically just a. They're they're walking around with all the smog and be like the government wants us to drive less. Those yeah, pussies. I can't drive fifty five. Sammy Hagar said so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Let's just like keep the script dependent on whatever the guy who's famous for crashing cars has to say in the moment. You know, <laughs> the man has have more leaded gasoline than everybody in L.A. But he'll write about the uh, the Venezuelan Argentines or whatever. <laughs> so the Venezuelan Argentines. <laughs> They give him two hundred grand up front, and they're going to give him another two hundred grand out the back. We need forty-eight cars. When you get us those forty-eight cars, we'll give you the rest. You know, when the deal is done. So four hundred grand total, and when you put that through the old inflation calculator, that's about two point two million dollars in this movie. So that's kind of what they're going. Sizable score. Sizable score. Big score. Back at the chop shop, old Mandrian. He's kind of explaining how they're going to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. they'll make a big list. And this was also famous in the 2000 version, the big list on the chalkboard. And in the 2000 version, they, like, futured it up where it was, like, invisible ink, and you had to run, like, a UV light across it, and that's how you saw the list. So if cops came in there, they needed a UV flashlight to see it, which they probably have at their disposal yeah, somewhere. But who would think to use that? I, what, yeah. Do you think there's cum on the chalkboard? They're not I, investigating this for sex crimes. They're not going to get the <laughs> cum light out. <laughs> We're good. Dev, I'll bring up, and th- both of you guys bring up good points about the plot of this movie, and that is one of the things, is the <laughs> fucking, the list. So, it's cool. It's great for a movie. It, it so works. And the list is on this chalkboard, and the 48 cars that they need are all uh, female names. They're like, mm-hmm. we only name them women, you know. Uh, because we get in them, we're not getting inside dudes. Yeah, I'm not getting inside dudes. <laughs> I ain't entering no boy car, you know. But, <laughs> and there's, yeah, they have ladies' names. There's like Janet for uh, the 1971 Ford Big Ollie Bronco that belongs to Parnelli Jones, by the way, who was actually in this movie. He raced uh, Broncos, um, the Baja Bronco busting race, and he was famous for that shit, and he was in this movie cool. with, his, uh, with his big old Bronco. Yeah. Broncos, dude. Baja the Bron- Bronco, the Bronx, racer. dude. Talk about a life, man. I'd love to be a Baja Bronco racer. His haircut was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. I think he used the oil from his Bronco. Yeah, he, was, his- he went to Supercuts over at the Monster <laughs> Truck Rally. And you know, great so- clips, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, they're all girls' names. There's like Maxine, Claudia, and the most famous one, of course, was Eleanor, the 1973 Ford Mustang Mach One. In this version. In the 2000 version, it's a Shelby GT500. So they changed the car a little bit mm-hmm. for the new one. But in this old one, yeah, it was an old Mach 1. It was really cool. But this code name system. So, like, how's this supposed to work? So we're doing code names because if you're standing next to a cop, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to hotwire that Mustang tonight. Instead, you'll be like, I'm hotwiring Linda. Like, yeah, so now it just sounds like you're kidnapping people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now it just sounds like we're you're doing a Maxine. way worse crime. Yeah. <laughs> She'll never see us coming. You know? <laughs> the cops are like, I don't, 
I, I hope you're talking about a car. Like, I hope you're talking about... I hope that you guys have come up with some harebrained nickname scheme for cars that you're stealing, because if not, you're a human trafficking <laughs> And also, that's, yeah. that is a lot to remember. It's like, I'm gonna... You, you know, you're, you're supposed to go get a lane. Fuck, what kind of car was a lane? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just gonna pick the first I car that I see, and I hope that's something yeah. valuable because I don't remember what the fucking Elaine was. You got it written down in your car, and Mondrian's like, "Dude, we 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 made the Invisible Ink for a reason, man. You're just driving around with this shit." Now the way the way you get around this is you go sleep with a girl. In the car that you're needing yeah. to steal. So you associate your memory. Like a girl named Elaine, you're going to go sleep with her in a Pontiac because that's what you need to steal. So every time you try to recall that memory, you know, just think of that. Dude, Dad, you are you telling me you remember the names of every girl you've slept with? I feel like no, but I, feel I remember like this, the car the strategy also does not work either. Dude, you remember that part of the 2000 movie, though, where they had sex in the Lambo in the guy's driveway before they stole it? Yeah. yeah. Also, first of all, have you ever been in a Lambo? You can't have sex in that thing. No it way. Is that thing is, there's like, there's like three inches of space, and yeah. Nick Cage is a tall motherfucker. So is Angelina. <laughs> I don't know how the physics of that work. You'd have to be a contortionist. You know? like, you'd have to like have your legs behind your fucking head. Like the legs go up with the doors. Like it's, <laughs> the guy, the guy the looks out the window down in his car, and there's just like two pretzel people having sex in his car. It's like I think aliens have invaded my car, and they're fucking it. You know, it's like two like bony, just bags of elbows are in there just fucking each other right now. And and long blonde dreads. <laughs> <laughs> and, her, and her husband's vial of blood around her neck at the time. But uh, anyway, that's a whole different story. Yeah, a tattoo of Philip Bob <laughs> Before we get back into it, the real question is, uh, do you guys think Nicolas Cage joined old Billy Bob and Angelina in a menage a trois? I hope or, so. And just know. the weirdest sex that you've ever heard. Like, they all, like, probably, like, fucking made I'm, animal noises and shit. <laughs> so, I hope so. I, yeah, bro, I think that's gotta... It had to be comical. <laughs> yeah. Comical. So ridiculous with those Oh, my three God, man. Anyways, Absolutely. Just once. They did the devil's three-way underneath, like, a, a, a moonlight generator a moonlight generator <laughs> the, moon. the moon <laughs> the moon is technically a the moonlight moon. generator That's the biggest moonlight generator we have so far hey we just made a fake sun over there in china all right Wait, really? about, yeah well they claim it everyone okay. there, there's a lot of people who are saying it's not real okay well i mean you know look john cena's pulling in the big bucks yeah, them, so. if john cena says <laughs> real <laughs> This episode's going off the rails. I love it. That's his next project. It's, it's called El, The Soul, uh, The Sun. <laughs> the Sun. This, this podcast is, is on the rails of that train that he shot in front of. He's going to become John Sunna. John Sunna. <laughs> John Cena's not standing in front of a tank. He is the tank. Back to the CAG. So old Mandrian, right, he heads to New York because his brother's having a wedding. Like, uh, he's, he's doing the old good gangster movies where your brother has the wedding in New York. And the wedding is at the Kosciuszko Club and involves a lot of uh, more of that xenophobia towards Polish people in this scene. Um, so strange. I, I've never I've never seen anything fixate on xenophobia towards well, Polish people. Is it because one of his parents were Polish, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. So he was, <laughs> there was a there was a little event that happened, and 
<laughs> Europe in the 1940s. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It was the second of two world wars. Was about Polish people in general? It was. It, they were or, part of it. They that was the first to get fucking invaded. Yeah, yeah man. Poland. Warsaw. Warsaw was, was about the people. There. Warsaw saw the uh, the beginning, the the freshest of the Nazis. Unfortunately, the majority of the death camps of the Holocaust were in fucking in Poland. Poland. Yeah, but was it because they were Polish or because they were Jewish? What Both. was the real problem? Huh? Both. <laughs> Both. But Both. also, but also yeah. but I, it's because they were next door to Germany. That's really what it was. But also, what I was what I was saying was like, tell me another movie where there's like rampant like anti-Polish like rhetoric going. Probably around. more seventies yeah. movies. And mm. and the thing is, is they were Polish, so yeah, I guess they were thing. allowed to have I all that. Like he was like, all right, I want to I want to throw some yeah. some uh, some racism in there. What can I get away with? And it was in a loving yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he was like, well, I can make fun of this group, so I can. I can really play that up, you know? Exactly, yeah. So, Main Drain, while he's at this... I'm going to call him Main Drain from now on. Main While he's at this wedding, yeah, man. I mean, this is a porn movie for cars, you know? So, he gets this call from Atlee, and Atlee's like, Bro, what the fuck, man? I I just got this list. You just dropped it off from from the Argentinian Venezuelans. They want 48 cars. Like, we're we're definitely going to fucking jail. This is crazy. There's 48 cars total on the list. There are nine Rolls Royces on this list, seven limousines, four Ferraris, a Manta, which is a car that there was literally like 10 of at the time (laughs) or some shit, and a Ford Pantera, uh, the Vince Neil car, Uh, speaking of Vince Neil. And yeah, just this insane list of cars, and they need them by Saturday. You what? know, they need them by How Saturday. How many days is that away? I don't know. I don't know what day it is today, but they need them by Saturday. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau wrote this movie. I'm telling you, Tommy Wiseau of the seventies. I don't know what day it is. I don't know today. what day it is today. We need them by Saturday. So this is. You know what's funny is like how many people do you think were watching this in the movie theaters on a Saturday and been like, "Honey, that's today." That's today. <laughs> like, you know. I hope he gets them all in. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I, how are we gonna know? Did yeah. they really make it? If They're he probably not get done these, yet. If he doesn't get these in, the Brazilian Cubans will kill him. <laughs> I don't know why I made that character a woman. It probably should have just been some dumb dude. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> And dude, so Pace's wife, Pumpkin, uh, that's his wife in the movie, Pumpkin, uh, <laughs> her, her acting in this movie is <laughs> worth the watch, man. Okay. She, I think she thought she was, you know, I talked in Waterworld where she she thought she was in <laughs> a different movie. A different movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think everybody around her understood, but she was giving it her all, brother. I mean, and it wasn't much, but it was something. Uh, <laughs> But but Pumpkin remember reminds him we don't steal uninsured cars. Remember that because we we have souls. We don't want to steal a car and the people don't even have insurance to replace it. You know, so right. they're they're thieves with a heart. Yeah, is basically the thing. They're really yeah. only robbing from the insurance. Company. Exactly. Yeah, but There's, but don't they work for the insurance company? <laughs> yes. So are they robbing from themselves? Yes. Because they would have to pay out the settlements. Yeah. 
you're right. I'm telling you, man, it's, it makes no sense. And there's all these like moral quandaries that get brought up during the movie. We don't steal uninsured cars because we don't like to fuck people over that badly. And also drugs, no drugs, absolutely not. Um, that's actually like, well, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. But okay. so basically, they're at the wedding. Pace tells his brother, "Hey, man, you got to postpone the wedding." We got a lot to do. We just got 48 cars. We got to go jack in L.A., you know. And the, his brother is like, but I, I I got a honeymoon all booked. And he's like, well, you got you to, gotta, no honeymoon for you, brother. Because <laughs> we got to go steal some cars. By Saturday. By Saturday. You can go after Saturday. I don't know what day it is, but you can go on your honeymoon after Saturday. Yeah, like, I guess he was leaving the next day. But, uh, but he, says, he tells his brother, this is one of my favorite lines. This is one of Shelby's favorite lines, too. He tells his brother brother <laughs> when their dad left them this car thieving ring that they split it up four ways between the kids and he's got to pull his weight around here because he's a quarter of the company you know? <laughs> <laughs> their, their parents left them the car yes yeah, yeah. like they inherited, they inherited a car thieving ring yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, hey look when we file our taxes at the end of the year for our car stealing business like, you, you, we gotta make sure that you're exactly. contributing to that number. Yeah, man. So, no hunting move for you, all right? We got work to do, okay? Dad left us this shit. We gotta make him proud. $2.2 million contract. Let's do this. 400 grand and 74. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, they fly back to L.A., and they're at LAX, and wouldn't you fucking know it, an Eleanor and a Burgundy Rolls Royce. I can't remember the code name for that one. It was probably, like, Judy or some shit. And they pull up one after the other. Boom, bam, boom. The game is on, you know. So, they have all sorts of tips and tricks to steal cars. Usually, it involves just pretending to be a valet guy and then driving away. There are, there's, like, at least four thieveries in this movie where they're like, oh, I'm, I'm picking up Lyle Wagner's car from the car wash. And they're like, that sounds normal. Go yeah, ahead. No, you know? no credentials needed. No credentials needed here. This is 70s. We believe you. Yeah, we believe you. <laughs> but my Tommy gun don't. <laughs> So they get the Rolls Royce, no problem. But the Eleanor, there's a lady in the Eleanor. Like, they didn't see her in there. And so they basically just open her door, and she's like... Wait, sorry, I have a dumb question. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That re- What's that reference from? What do you... Because I think that reference is probably referencing something that you're actually referencing. What? I Believe You by My Tommy Gun Dome? Oh, yeah, that's Home Alone. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. was thinking it's a brand new song. It's a song by a brand, brand new. And that's oh. where I thought it came from. <laughs> I, when did they say that in Home Alone? Oh, uh, that was uh, the, I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. Oh, that was Home Alone two, I, maybe that was the one. Was it okay? It maybe, might have been yeah. the first one. It's been so. I, I just yeah, that was when what? Uh, it was the first one when they made that fake black and white. Movie yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Angels I saw that movie very souls. recently. For some reason, I've never associated with that. I've always associated with that song from Brand New. But uh, I was like, I bet that's actually a line from like some classic gangster movie I've never seen. Yeah, I bet you. The, no. Yeah. Okay. Never a mind. Brand New song sounds like who's on first. It's like, what's the song? What's the band? Oh, Brand. They're Brand New. Yeah, but what's their name? Oh, they're they're brand new. No, but like, who did the song? Brand new. It was, it was brand new. The song was yeah. brand, brand new. It's it's brand new music. It's brand new music. It's a brand new song yeah. by brand new band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, it's like I don't fucking guys. I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm just singing brand new. <laughs> it's like, I don't fucking know what day it is, but if these cars aren't in by Saturday, I'll kill you, okay? <laughs> it's a brand new 
brand new bag. But yeah, there's a lady in the goddamn Eleanor. They can't take it because she's in there. I guess they don't want to like uh, carjack people. That's not their game, you know. So, but this kind of sets the tone for the whole Eleanor thing in this original film, in a bunch of Halicki's films to come, and in the 2000 version with Nicolas Cage. Eleanor is the ungettable car. There's like a curse over it. Like he mentions it in the 2000s version. There's always something. It's like this cursed, super hot car. It, there's always some hurdle that you got to go through, or as soon as you get it, the cops are all over you type of mm. shit. And that was set up in the very first car that they try to steal is this Eleanor in the 1974 version. And it becomes this like curse throughout the rest of the film. They they have to steal like four of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's but, a good it's a good MacGuffin. It's a good like yeah. plot device. Yeah, like ah oh, the the ungettable car. Yeah, and I don't know if you heard earlier, but it says in the beginning credits, "Gone in sixty seconds," starring Eleanor. Oh, cool. Eleanor was like the only like cast member that was like a car. credited in the, in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was uh, it, very. Very hot in car culture. Eleanor became a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. Like, after the 2000 movie especially, mm -hmm. that car, you know, I like, a signed Shelby GT500 signed by Carroll Shelby is about $3 million these days. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's no joke. It's a big car culture thing, and that came from these movies. So one of the cars they steal was this Cadillac, right, in front of a poker hall, and it has a shit ton of heroin in it, which tracks for a white Cadillac parked in front of a poker hall, you know, for sure. There's And Atlee says it's like, there's like a million dollars worth of heroin in this Cadillac, which through the old inflation calculator, that's about five and a half million dollars worth of heroin. And that's where things go south, man. That's like kind of like... Because mm, no drugs. No drugs, you know. Right. So, so the cartel really wanted the drugs in the car. Yeah. They didn't actually care about the cars. Oh, is that, is that what I'm supposed to ascertain from this? That's what you just did, okay. and that might be—you might be right. <laughs> you might be right. Wait, was so, that, was it every car? Or just the one car? That no, had just drugs? the one car. Oh, it was okay. just this Cadillac. So they like maybe they didn't know which car had the heroin in it. So like you got to steal all these cars or because maybe we don't they know. Did I mean that's the thing? This the, again going back to the fallacies of this list. <laughs> it's like, what are the fucking odds that you're gonna find all of these cars? Well, I guess in L.A. I mean, I guess you could, but there were some of them that were like very specific, like that Manta. Like mm -hmm. I said, like it was basically like a concept car, you know. And you're Whoa. just they just found one like parked in a neighborhood. <laughs> so, but also that means he found it to shoot in the movie. So he probably just had a friend who had a Manta. For and he sure, was like I can't not have this in my movie. But that was let me find some stupid reason to have it in there. Yeah, this is so dumb. They have they have six Cadillac Fleetwoods on the list. Yeah, six of them. Six. Well, it's why, why do you have six of the same car? It's for the Brazilian <laughs> president or whatever. Yeah. Or the and he doesn't know which car has the heroin in it. <laughs> so you gotta get all of them, damn it. Yeah, one of those Cadillac Fleetwoods turned out to be the one with the heroin. Right, so because the thing is, if they don't fuck with drugs, why wouldn't you just throw the heroin away? So that becomes a thing. That's where it gets bad. I mean, I guess I could spoil this 1974 movie for you. I don't mind. Uh, Dev, are you cool with it? He's seen it. Hey, hey, spoiler <laughs> alert spoiler. if you weren't alive when this movie came out. <laughs> and it won't spoil uh, it won't spoil the 2000 version either because it has nothing to do with that. A completely you know? different direction. But yeah, basically, and it even says in the description, right. but basically one of the guys, his brother-in-law wants to sell the heroin 
he's like, this is a million dollars. You know, mm-hmm. we have to, this would be just on top of the illegal shit that we're mm-hmm. already doing. Why not? Mm-hmm. And then fucking uh, Mandrain brings the Cadillac full of heroin out to the middle of L.A. and just sets it on fire. And he's like, no, no drugs. The man. car and the drugs? The car and the drugs. Why? Right, it's stupid. Well, so now so, they don't have all the cars for the cartel. Dude, he would burn, he would burn and crush cars. And that is one of the, like, realistic criminal elements, I guess, here, is, like, he would very quickly, like, he would burn or destroy it if it got, like, he, he got in a car, uh, cops chased him in one car, and he immediately just went to a junkyard and destroyed it. Like, <laughs> nope, too hot. No Which, evidence. I don't understand, because he's gonna go and, like, switch all the shit on it anyway, but, I don't know. I mean... I guess it makes sense. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, oh, no, you're saying in the movie, he's not in real life. He's going to steal another car anyways. Yeah. He's going to... No, no. Yeah, no. In the movie. In the movie. Oh, I thought like in real life, like if yeah, to avoid traffic tickets, he would just destroy his own cars. <laughs> no, no. Because that feels like that might work somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did destroy them in real yeah. life for the movie. Yeah. You know, there was, was some uh, like beautiful cars that were destroyed in this movie. There was like Chargers and Challengers and Cadillacs that just got fucked. This up, whole thing sounds know? like a money laundering operation. Uh, actually, it might very well have been. Oh, okay, it very well <laughs> might have been. Uh, this that was Shelby actually brought that up as well because this was like, you know, kind of a connected guy, and I, I don't know. Yeah. That, so that, also, okay, wait, okay, so so in the plot of the movie, the the the. The Colombian mafia uh, yeah. that works for Brazil has no idea that the heroin's in the car. So it's, it is an unrelated plot point. It's an unrelated plot point, but that's inter- they should have made that a plot point for sure. Mm-hmm. That would have been genius. that's where the real moral quandary is. Now yeah. you have to either complete the contract or not complete the contract. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just being like, should we make extra money from the heroin? They're like, you're not supposed to look in the trunk, damn it. Yeah. And oh, yeah, man. It became a whole thing. But then, yeah. So the guy. His brother-in-law, after he just after he destroys the heroin that his brother-in-law wanted to sell, his brother-in-law goes to the cops and he's like, "My brother's stealing cars. He he betrays the family, man. Uh, you know, because he, he wanted to sell the heroin. Family. Yeah, because he wanted to sell the heroin for a million bucks. So so but yeah, the guy who wanted to sell the heroin goes and rats out his yeah. brother because he wouldn't let him sell the heroin. Yeah, he just burned it without oh, even okay. asking. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with the guy. Yeah. He didn't even ask. Yeah, he just burned it. You know. So, hey, it's K Kappas, uh, this criminal organization I run with my <laughs> brothers, that there's probably a lot of evidence I'm involved in. Uh, look, I wanted to sell some heroin. They didn't want to. They so didn't can want you go arrest my brother? And- the cops are like, they, he didn't want to sell it? <laughs> what a dumbass. We wouldn't even have noticed. You know how much heroin's out there right now? You guys could have gone off, gotten off like bandits. I'm on heroin right now. <laughs> we would have bought some from you. <laughs> Heroin's sick. You should have just come and heroin's sick, bro. You should have just come and sold it here. You know how much lead's in the fucking air right now? (laughs) (laughs) But that is, I'm gonna leave you there with the movie's plot. Um, I basically told you everything. The rest of it is a car chase. Like, I'm not even kidding. The rest of it is a 40 minute long balls to the wall car chase. I'm actually even going to end off part one, the episode here, because the next episode. I'm going to tell you about the making of the movie with the 40-minute long car chase. Sick. And uh, lots of people get hurt, lots of illegal shit, probably just as illegal as some of the shit they were doing in the movie. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> what a great what a great tee-up for that. Yes. Um, and so for anyone who's confused or uh, like uh, taken aback by this uh, structure change, I'll just recap for everyone because it's very new. Yeah. Um, so this episode is going up on Tuesday, if you haven't noticed. 
And the next part will be going up on Thursday, not next week. So this is the same amount of content. This normally would have been a whole Wednesday episode, but we did realize that these episodes are getting rather long, yeah. you know, somewhere in a ballpark of two plus hours. And we just kind of want to break it up into more digestible chunks for everyone. Um, so part one on Tuesday, sorry, part, yeah, part one on Tuesday, part two on Thursday, the same amount of content that you were typically getting on a Wednesday episode, now just broken up into two Twice days. Twice a week, baby. I, look, yeah. it's hard for I. I love a long podcast, but even I don't have time these days for a mm. three-hour one sometimes. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're kind of like giving you a little bit more of a, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to do like an hour, an hour and a half, and then we'll do the hour, hour and a half on Thursday. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, break so. it up. What do you think, Dev? We really just wanted to leave everyone with cliffhangers. Yeah, yeah. 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 cliffhangers yeah. are good, yeah. and also more ads. Yeah, which we like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I have a fun fact to leave us on for something to meditate on between now and and the next couple Hell days. Hell yeah, let's hear um, it. So the the lead character's name is Mandarin Pace, right? Right. Well, if you translate the word pace in Mandarin, it translates to bufa, which means snort. No way. <laughs> oh, my to, God. To snort. Uh, I, <laughs> he or she snorted. That's, that, is, that works because I suspect a, what you're going to hear in part two, I think you'll agree with me. I suspect a lot of cocaine was involved in this movie. Oh, but the characters movie have a problem yeah, with drugs? Yeah, a problem with drugs. Well, tracks. <laughs> Totally tracks. Most, okay. most drug addicts say that shit in movies. I'm so <laughs> excited for this. Uh, but until then, uh, if you need other content to satiate you, you can find me at Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok, there's a lot of stuff coming to my TikTok, at uh, Hollywood Drake. Um, uh, there will be, by the time this episode goes up, uh, there will be a comedic short that I wrote, produced, uh, and acted in that I'm very proud of, shot on a really nice professional film camera. Uh, that I've spent just an ungodly amount of hours editing because I don't know how to edit, but I had to edit this one. Uh, that'll be going up on my YouTube. It'll also be on my Instagram. It'll be anywhere that like I can put this thing. It'll be out. But uh, you can check my YouTube at Drake Cummings. Uh, my Instagram will be on my IGTV. Um, it'll be around. Uh, check it out. I put a lot of hard work into it, and I'm really proud of it. Um, and then uh, you also find my merch store at RagingTwentiesMerch.com. And and uh, yeah, and then that's uh, that is it for me. Dev, where can they find you? They can find me at Dev on Twitter and uh, Sailor underscore Dev on Instagram. And uh, you guys follow uh, follow me on Twitter and uh, come, uh, come learn about all the cool art shit. I, I just pat, pop back on there after taking a break for the holidays. But um, we're rocking and rolling with some exciting things coming up. Indeed. And you can find us at Film History, the history of film. Or film hit or FHHF podcast on uh, some of the socials. You can find me at either Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Twitter. Scott. Oh yeah, that's right. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our Twitter's pop. Um, but you can also find me going to work, and the excitement starts and goes and goes and goes. If you want your car, it's mine. <laughs> or wait. If I want your car, <laughs> I don't care who wants it. It's mine. Have the cars to me by Saturday. 
<laughs> Somebody's been boofing a little too much. And that was <laughs> Film History. The, the History of Film. You know what I'm talking about.